space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Welcome to another edition of the Boneyard. I'm Doc. This week's topic is probably going to have you scratching your heads a little bit. But it's something I've been curious about. And I'm sure that if I'm curious about it, there's others out there who thought the same thing. I'm going to pose a question to start off this week's diatribe, so to speak. Have you ever looked up at the night sky and wondered... If we're alone, just going to take a minute and let that sink in. Are we? Are we really alone? Are we the most highly evolved beings in this universe? Or is there the possibility that somewhere out there, in other galaxies maybe, hell, even other universes beyond our scope of understanding, do more highly evolved beings reside. We're going to explore that this week. So, uh, stick around. Be right back. Woo! That was one hell of a trip, folks. Got to hang out with Captain James Tiberius Kirk, the Starship Enterprise. Ah, just kidding, folks. <laughs> I've been here the whole time. I just figured I'd throw that in there just to, uh, you know, because I can. So, uh, 
getting back to this uh, this whole question I asked, are we alone out there? Do you believe in unidentified flying objects? Now, just posing that question opens one up to uh, severe scrutiny, uh, cynicism, disbelief, maybe. Uh, this person's nuts if he thinks that we've been visited by little green men in saucer-shaped spacecraft from another world. Well, you know, the answer to that question may not be too far-fetched, folks. Going back to ancient cultures and neoglyphs and hieroglyphs, uh, strange beings were depicted. Strange celestial happenings were described, so to speak. Uh, those folks might have had a, uh, a primitive understanding of, uh, of what they thought their world was, but uh, if you go back throughout history, there's been many, many occasions where something greater than ourselves have, have been uh, depicted. So... Is it possible that there is life out there beyond, beyond Earth, beyond the moon? Hell, beyond Mars even. You know, we sent the probe to, uh, to Mars. And it's, it's given us indications of the possibility of microscopic life. Of course, in the grand scheme of things, microbes, humans, extraterrestrials, and I think there's a little difference in those, but if uh, if there's water to be found on on other planets that uh, that may sustain life, I think it opens up the possibility. Now, where did our fascination with unidentified flying objects start with? Well, folks, got to rewind history here. I'm going to hit the rewind button. We're going to cruise on back to July 8th of 1947 in a field near Roswell, New Mexico. That's right, the famous Roswell UFO incident. The United States Air Force, correction, the Roswell Army Airfield sent troops to the field of Mr. W.W. Brazel, B-R-A-Z-E-L, and turned his place upside down, folks. Confiscated an unknown amount of material that they said was from a classified weather balloon project. Well, who knows? Who's to say where that came from? That material was... Subsequently sent to the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Dayton, Ohio, where it was kept and studied and uh, pretty much swept underneath the rug for, uh, well, for hell, forever since. But there are those out there that believe that uh, that was a, a crashed alien spacecraft. Is it possible? Sure. Is it outside the realm of possibility? I don't believe so. I think everything is possible. Maybe it's the probability that, that raises question, but sure, I, I do believe that it, it's possible that somewhere out there there's an intelligence that 
far supersedes our own. And I'll give you a case in point. If you look at the history of flight in this country, going back to the good old Charles Lindbergh days, the advances through history of modern flight, jet propulsion, spacecraft, stealth technology, where the hell did that knowledge come from? Where did we learn to develop that technology? Did we have help? Were some outside influences involved? Hey, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there, guys. I honestly believe that there are out there somewhere Maybe even closer than we may realize other other uh, species. Does that make me crazy? No, folks. It just means I'm opening my mind up to the possibilities of what could be. Yes, we are an intelligent species, folks. We have high IQs. We have a thirst for knowledge and a quest to find answers. Got all that. Do we know it all? No. Not by chance. You know, I'm reminded of a uh, little movie that came out in uh, 1982 called E.T., The Extraterrestrial. Everybody's favorite lovable alien, so to speak. He got stranded here. He figured out a way to call home. They came and got him. But I'm going to pose this question, folks. Are we frequently being visited by other life forms? And before you write that question off as, as crazy, the United States government has an organization ran from the Pentagon called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Yes, folks, our government studies UFOs. Now, wait a minute. What in the hell is he talking about? Before you get all skeptical and cynicism on me, folks, going back to uh, 1947 through 1969, United States Air Force was involved in a project called Project Blue Book, which specifically went out to debunk claims of UFOs. Now, I'm going to throw some numbers out here, folks. Out of the 12,618 total reports that they investigated, 701 remain unsolved, remain unidentified. What does that say? That means out of all those reports that they took, they looked at the evidence, they interviewed witnesses, they interviewed witnesses, they looked at photographs, did on-scene investigations of the area. There were 701 cases they could not solve. They could not say, well, it was swamp gas, or it was environmental cause, or it was a meteor. It was something unsolvable. So what was it? Now it's interesting folks, 
During the time frame of 1947 to 1969, uh, during that time frame, the uh, Central Intelligence Agency, they were working on a series of <clears throat> black projects, and they needed an area to do that in relative anonymity. So where do they go? They went to the Groom Lake facility, more commonly known as Area 51. Area 51 is actually a designation from an old Department of Energy map. Uh, that grid 51 is where they got the name, Area 51. Uh, over the years, the CIA joined with the United States Air Force and eventually the Air Force took the black projects over. Uh, they developed a highly top secret aircraft at that facility. Um, the U-2 spy plane, the Lockheed SR-71, the stealth fighter, the 117, uh, the B-1 bomber, the B-2 bomber. Those were black projects ran out of that facility. Now, in order to keep those projects under wraps, the CIA, of course, attributed the sightings of those aircraft at night to UFOs, unidentified flying objects. Just because something's unidentified does not mean it's extraterrestrial. Let's make that a distinction. Unidentified does not necessarily mean extraterrestrial. <clears throat> Now, having said that, I will say this. The United States Navy in recent years has declassified top secret footage of naval aircraft engaging with unidentified flying objects. These were not man-made, folks. The video is out there on the internet. I highly encourage you to check it out. The flight characteristics of the craft in the video far supersede anything that we have in our inventory that we know about. Now, I'm not saying that there's not the possibility of something within the United States military inventory that uh, remains compartmentalized way above top secret that we just don't know about. That's highly possible. But for the time being, based on the technology that has been released that we know we have, as opposed to the flight characteristics of these craft that were engaging our military fighters. The evidence speaks for itself, folks. In doing some of the research for this podcast, uh, I came across an incident that uh, took place on March 13, 1997 in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, it's more commonly known as the uh, Lights Over Phoenix incident, where hundreds if not thousands of people saw a v-shaped series of lights fly for miles for an extended period of time now during this this mass sighting the lights would come on the lights would go out but it would be an almost like boomerang shaped craft now, I could see if one person said they saw something, 
But if you got hundreds, if not thousands of people over several counties and different states seeing the same thing, the size and enormity of a supposed craft, hey, I'm just not that's actually the case, folks. You know? I don't believe that we have the technology to make a craft of that size, but you know, who knows? I'm just a uh, little nut, little squirrel trying to find his nut. That's all. But yeah, through, uh, through, through history, uh, more recent history folks. I mean, there's, there's been lots of different UFO sightings. Uh, as a matter of fact, NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration has a, a, what's the best word to, uh, an association with a, another organization I'm going to call, uh, it's called SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Uh, they monitor the night skies. They have, they have technology that is constantly looking for uh, signs of uh, different communications, uh, sound waves, you know, that, that type of thing. Uh, anything we could intercept. Uh, so yeah, we are, we are actively seeking answers for uh, what's out there. Now, over the years, Hollywood <laughs> is, uh, Let's give it an interpretation on uh, on the subject. Uh, Independence Day, you know, uh, it was a big one. Uh, War of the Worlds, uh, the original Orson Welles broadcast that literally, you know, brought this country to a standstill. Uh, if you get a chance, I highly I recommend you uh, you check out that uh, that radio broadcast from the the late '30s. There, it's uh, it's quite interesting. So, what constitutes a UFO, an unidentified flying object? Well, there's there's a commonality in, in shapes. Uh, the saucer shape is obviously the uh, the most predominant. Uh, cigar shaped objects. Uh, are also reported. Uh, V-shaped is another one. Triangular-shaped. Pyramid-shaped. Now, let it be known, folks, that I am not an astrophysicist. I am not an engineer. I do not design aircraft. Having said that, I do believe that the technology exists outside the realms of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory to, uh, to how should I put it, uh, explore, if not duplicate and maybe replicate foreign technologies. You know, depending on what you believe, you know, uh, years ago, an individual by the name of Bob Lazar came to public light and came to, uh, much public scrutiny. Uh, turns out that Mr. Lazar was a contractor at Area 51 who said that he uh, he reverse engineered alien technology. Okay, well, 
Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I do believe that there is some truth to that story. I do believe that we have or had technology stored at that facility that was not of our own making. I also uh, firmly believe that Dugway Proving Grounds, the new Area 52, so to speak, has a little to say about that, that subject also. So while we're on the subjects of, uh, of UFOs, uh, what are your thoughts about alien abduction? Hmm. You think it's possible? What do you think? You think these people are uh, full of shit? Or do they actually believe that they were victims of the fourth kind? Or alien abduction? As far-fetched as that sounds, uh, believe it or not, there is a uh, pretty famous case in March of... 1993, March 12th, as a matter of fact, uh, a logger by the name of Travis Walton and some of his buddies see a uh, strange light in the sky in the forest near uh, White Mounds in Arizona. Of course, they all went up to investigate. Travis got a little too close and uh, was abducted. Travis turned up a few days later outside of town. But while he was gone, the local sheriff and everyone else thought that his buddies had murdered him. Well, they all took lie detector tests and they all, all passed. Uh, that's one of the, uh, the more bizarre cases that I've come across. Uh, there was also a book called Communion back in the early 1990s, uh, another alien abduction, so to speak. There was a movie that came out in uh, 2009. It's called The uh, Fourth Kind. And it was about an abduction, an alien abduction in Alaska. Now, from the 1960s through uh, 2004, there were reported disappearances of approximately 24 people in and around the area of Nome, Alaska, that were believed to have been uh, alien abductions. And this film takes uh, a look at that, specifically uh, one individual. Now, I'm sure that a lot of it's fictionalized. Well, hell, I'm sure probably 99% of it's fictionalized, but I'm sure it's based on uh, actual events. And if you see the movie, of course, it has that disclaimer in it, based on actual events. So, uh, I'll let you uh, check it out and make up your own mind, you know. So, uh, who exactly is E.T.? Who is an extraterrestrial? Hmm. Well, you could take a look at the old Star Trek series and uh, use your imagination. You know, what does that conjure up? Uh, would they be just like us? Would they be more cartoonish, more futuristic looking? Yeah, I don't know. Use your imagination, folks. I don't think that that there is a uh, a mold to make aliens by. 
Of course, now, if you go to the museum in Roswell, New Mexico, the UFO museum, you're going to see the little, little green men, of course, and that kind of epitomizes the, uh, the alien look, so to speak, with the big black eyes, little short body, long limbs, big head. That's kind of a, uh, a cartoonized version of what we think an extra terrestrial may look like. Hell, it could be your neighbor next door. No, I'm not saying the neighbor you have next door is nailing. I'm just throwing the possibility out, folks. We don't know. It's always the search for answers that intrigues us, that drives us, that motivates us to ask those questions that man answers. So, I'm going to throw it out there again, folks. Are we alone? Or do you just think I'm full of shit and I'm just making this stuff up? But there are people out there that want to know. There's a lot more out there than you may think. So for this week's episode, I'm going to sign off as usual. Please, please, please send your comments, suggestions, criticisms, what have you, to the Boneyard 2021 at yahoo.com. That's the Boneyard 2021 at yahoo.com. This is a copyrighted podcast, and it is a Whiskey Niner One production. Till next time, folks, sending you much love. Remember, just the bare bones. Yeah.